welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Reviews. I am your host, not Ken, coming to you live from the Mazda Studios with a interesting movie to review. This week we will discuss Kong... Well, more than Kong, actually. Godzilla vs. Kong. A movie that is number four, actually, in a sequence of monster movies. An interesting release pattern that we're seeing where not only can you view this movie in the theaters, but you can also stream it on HBO Max. We're going to see a lot of movies this year. A lot of good movies coming up that are in that similar type of release pattern. Now, because uh, this particular movie is available on HBO Max, the previous three movies that led up to this movie are also available on HBO Max. So that's kind of where I want to start in these reviews. Now, as always, when we discuss these reviews, there will be some spoilers. There will be some things that get discussed that revolve around the results or the happenings in the movies. So if you haven't watched them or you plan to watch them, um, you know, listen with caution, let's say. Uh, and then, of course, for Godzilla versus Kong, we're going to give it a, a, a score at the end based on points that we award to certain categories. Now, these categories are the same ones that we've been doing now since we've been doing these movie reviews. Uh, We're looking at the cast. We want to look at the plot. We want to look at the cinematography, the costuming, the props, uh, the locations, and the director. So I want to go back a a step. Uh, I mentioned before that you can actually watch all of the sequence of movies now. And honestly, I hadn't seen any of the movies. And in anticipation for Godzilla vs. Kong... I definitely thought it wise to check out the previous three movies. So my discussion that we'll have right now is going to revolve a bit, just a bit, around those previous movies. Now, I want to start with 2014's Godzilla. And the reason that I want to start there, other than the fact that it's the first one in the sequence which kind of introduced Godzilla... Uh, I want to start there because of the four movies, it's the best one. Uh, It just gradually goes down the garbage hole as you progress through these movies. What you get from the 2014 Godzilla movie is a story that's not so cheesy, Acting that's not so cheesy. Now, I'm not telling you this is like award-winning storytelling here. But the essence of this movie, you can't just have a thing come out of the ocean and it's wreaking havoc. Wreaking havoc. You could do that in the 60s and have a person in a suit stomp through things and that was the movie. But even in those movies, they had a kind of a story of a scientist who was working on something or somebody that was doing something else. You know, whatever, whatever you could develop around the monsters as a plot tool. So in this one, there is that element of the story. 
And of course, in the subsequent films, the stories just get more and more absurd. But at least in in this one, you have a basis of a story where something happened. The there's a a, a chain a life altering event, and something happens, and the government's covering it up. What's actually really happening? But then, you know, Godzilla comes out and he attacks. Well, why is he attacking and blah, blah, blah. What you get out of the first movie, the one from 2014, is uh, besides the fact that the story itself isn't so cheesy, you get more of the presentation of if this monster was to come out of the ocean... It the size that this monster is, what would happen if this monster came ashore? Like, what type of destruction is going to happen if these creatures are actually the size, the weight, the durability that the movie presents? What's going to happen to the buildings, the people? Like, when they come out of when the, the Godzilla comes out of the ocean and creates these gigantic waves. What is the fallout from all of these things? I think you get a lot more of that presentation. To me, that's the most interesting part. What type of devastation is actually going to happen? Now, people argue against this, like, like the real thing is the monster, and the monster does this, and the monster does this. That's why you have the monster movie, and I get that. But this wasn't really about the monsters in the sense that it was an introduction to the monsters, but really, the like what happens when something like this emerges? You know the military is going to try to take over. You know governments are going to go crazy. So there's that all the all the logistical stuff, and I just feel like you got a lot more of that behind the scenes stuff in the original Godzilla movie. Now, as it progresses through Kong Skull Island, it takes it goes back in time a bit to. A, a visit to an island that has all these creatures and the storyline itself is okay and the action is okay and the presentation of Kong and the other creatures is okay and Samuel Jackson, you know, going crazy is what it is you got. I mean, the, the, cat, the cast is ridiculous in that movie. Uh, the storyline's okay, the CGI is okay. It's not great, but it's not bad either. But you get a little bit of an introduction into the Kong character, um, where he is, why they went there, which you'll touch on a bit in Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay, so then you get to Godzilla, the king of all monsters, and I'm telling you, this movie is a big pile of garbage. And... The, the highlight should be the creatures, but what you get is just a mishmash one of just ultra garbage storytelling. And the Kyle Chandler, Dr. Mark Russell character is just so, just so like, it's poorly acted. It's over the top. It's annoying. And Ken Watanabe's, character is in this one and his presentation of things it's just the, the whole the whole thing is just hot garbage 
and the monsters, it's just all of a sudden there was one monster. Now there's a lot of monsters and there's all these monsters and they kind of fight, but they don't fight. And then they fight and then they go on and it's just, it's a mishmash of dumb. Okay, so then going into the highlight, the movie that we're actually going to be reviewing now, right? Which is um, Godzilla versus Kong. Well, this story, I suppose you could watch on its own, but it has a lot of buildup from those previous movies. So, you know, we talked about Godzilla. Godzilla has appeared a couple times. He's on everyone's radar. There's a lot of people think that Godzilla is there to protect us and to bring balance. The scientists think there's a hollow earth theory. That's how he gets from place to place. And when the other bad creatures emerge, that's why Godzilla can get to all these places so quickly is because of the hollow earth theory. And when you, when you also look at the fact that Kong is here and this whole time since the Kong Skull Island, they've built this shelter or this enclosure for Kong and they've been monitoring him this whole time. They magically built this gigantic island-sized enclosure for him that has a virtual sun on it. And it's okay, whatever. And then they have the location of some of the other monsters. Okay, whatever. It's just the development of the initial sequence of, okay, so there's bad things happening. Godzilla's going to come, but if Godzilla comes and he gets Kong, then he's going to attack and kill Kong. So now we've got to move Kong somewhere else. And like, I'm not going to move Kong. And then they're like, I'm going to move Kong. And it just, it's the whole sequence of this movie is just frustratingly awful that it, your real showcase in this movie of Godzilla versus Kong is really just the actual creatures and the the monsters, let's call them, and their battle. Because everything else surrounding this is just (laughs) doo-doo, just to put it lightly, right? So the, the characters that are portrayed in this, the story, oh my gosh, is so awful that it's just hard to really grasp. So you go, you have to go into this movie with the expectation of, I'm here to see Godzilla and Kong fight. The end. So if you're going looking for anything other than that, then you're in the wrong spot. So as we do this review and I tally the points, um, I have notes that I wrote when I watched the movie and I'll kind of go over some of those as well. But, um, you know, the first thing I have on my list here is value in watching the first movies. So definitely I feel like if you haven't, and you have the time to watch them, you haven't watched Godzilla versus Kong. I would absolutely spend the six hours to watch the previous ones. So you could at least see a good movie in the first one, uh, before you get to the other ones. But there's a lot of story, sequencing that is set up or developed in the other movies that you do get, you know, kind of brought to fruition in this movie. And when you look at some of the absurdity in this movie, it's, um, the, the, the Millie 
Millie Bobby Brown character, she she's a repeat customer from the King of the Monsters, and she's in here, and she's just got this seem seemingly amazing setup at home. It looks like she's a Twitch streamer because she's got 70 monitors and like a high-end thing in her little room. It's like, oh, that that part makes sense because that's how teens want to be like nowadays. That's kind of the modern view of the teens. Like you don't have skateboards and you don't have posters on your wall and you don't listen to music and do things. You have a gigantic 40 monitor setup and a computer so that you can do things on social media and present yourself to the world. Anyway, that's kind of what we got out of this. And, and there's so many weird things like the, the storyline presents us the, they've got to go to the hollow earth in the middle or I don't know. I, I came and I, I'm just rambling because I can't go on because it's so absurd. Some of the things anyway. Okay. Let's, let's go back and, and let's just start with the cast. So the cast is a 20 point scale and the cast has got some good faces in it. Alexander Skarsgård, Skarsgård does about as good as what you can get with the material given to him. He's a good actor. He's got lots of talent. He's a pretty face. So people like to look at him. People like his acting if you watch a lot of the things that he's been in, I'm, I mean, I'm a True Blood fan. I watch all of those shows multiple times. So I've seen him for a long time. I know he can do good stuff. I know he's got a certain way to present things. But for the most part, whatever he's in, he does a pretty good job in those things. So I have no complaints about him. The Millie Bobby Brown character, everybody seems to love her. I don't know her from one side or the other of any type of acting. I didn't watch Stranger Things. I don't know what she's in, how good she is, how bad she is. In this movie, she's just kind of meh. Rebecca Hall. Uh, we saw Rebecca Hall in Iron Man 3, if I'm not mistaken. And she does okay in this. But like her her lines and her thought process on, I need to protect, but I won't. And then I got to do this and I won't move Kong, but we will. You know, it's just... She does okay. It's just, I'm not super sold on her. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, I don't know who that person is. I have don't know that I would recognize him from other projects that he's been in. Um, he, was, he was a voice in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's something right there. He was in the Joker movie. I mean, he's been in bits and pieces of things, but his character... Uh, yes, his character in this movie was super annoying. Anyway, um, Isaac Gonzalez was the, the, like the, the stoic business woman, angry, awful. Um, Shun Oguri was, I, I do believe one of the developers in the, Mecha Godzilla. Oh yes, Mecha Godzilla that showed up in this movie. That's a whole nother thing. Anyway, and then you you've got Julian Dennison is in it. You saw Julian Dennison uh in Deadpool 2. He's kind of another one of those sidekick bring some of the humor to it. He was fine. Um 
there's a few other characters that we can go through in here, some familiar faces, but I'll just touch on those big ones first. Honestly, the cast, the cast did what they could with what they were given. It's a big budget movie. You got a lot going on. They didn't cheese out on things. Uh, most of the actors and actresses did fine. Like I said, there's a couple of them that just weren't believable in their roles at all. Generally, a cast can be a strong part of the movie, but in this one, the cast is kind of uh, just fills the parts. It's like the, you know, it was okay. I can't penalize them too much, but there's definitely some some sore parts in this movie in terms of the cast. So, out of twenty points, I'm going to give it a, a solid fourteen points. Um, okay, so next we're going to look at the cinematography. We're going to look at I blend, I personally blend the cinematography, you know, when we look at the shots and the movement of the cameras, um, I, I tend to blend the CGI into this category as well. And honestly, when you look at a lot of the shots of the destruction of the, the buildings and the cities, and you look at the presentation of the monsters, eh, pretty good. I, I wasn't so sold on some of the movements of Godzilla. Godzilla goes from kind of being lumbering but maneuverable to all of a sudden a lot more maneuverable in this movie. And that has to do with the CGI presentation of the of the monster. I, you know what? I I can't complain too much because such a big scale, such a big budget the presentation of those parts looked fine. Now, in terms of the camera movements and like the, the, the distance and the color and it, some of it could be overwhelming, right? So you had your wide camera shots. When you go to the center earth, you gotta, you gotta look at the grand scape of things. So you got the wide camera shots and then you got how they move from, one mountaintop to the other, but one's inverted and one's normal. Camera's got to rotate and it doesn't give you some absurd look to it. It has a very clean presentation. So there were some strengths in this movie. Like I said, if you're going to watch this movie, you got to watch it for the monsters and the monsters are the, the strongest presentation piece of the movie. And I'm not saying that the presentation is a one spectacular, but the, what you get out of it is pretty good. Kong looks real sharp. The the CGI lands look pretty sharp. Um, the sense of impeding doom, I guess, are okay. Um, the Mecha Godzilla character that that was kind of cheesy, and some of the locations where they were at and how they were presented, big camera, little camera, those were okay. So the cinematography in this movie didn't make or break anything. So you can't really complain too much. But for the most part, the monsters did look pretty sharp, and that's what you need out of this movie. So from a cinematography standpoint, you know that's going to be out of um, 20 points. I'll go with another solid 14 out of that. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was okay. You know, 14's pretty solid score, actually. Okay, so let's look at some basics of the costuming and props. So, like I said, they had the teen 
that the the teen Twitch streamer or whatever set up in the room, which was okay. Um, the what am I looking at here? The the axe, the big old fancy axe that Kong wields. That plot line is dumb, but I guess it's a prop and it looked like a shining axe, I guess. Um, I, I'm trying to think what else in here. The, the skull that they had preserved, which I still don't get what type of plot to... Anyway, uh, the skull looked like a big fake skull. So the costume and props, honestly... Uh, honestly, the costuming and props were mediocre in this one. The it, once again, this didn't make or break anything, but I wasn't wowed or underwhelmed in any sense. So I'll, I'll give these costume and props. Uh, I'll give it a six. It could have been worse. Okay, so the locations. Location is another one that's based out of ten points. The location on this one. You had the cities. You had the the hollow earth stuff. The hollow earth looked like a big CGI woodland area with mountains and volcanoes. And it was drawn how it had to be drawn. It, it could have been worse. It definitely could have been nicer. It didn't detract from things, but didn't make you excited about it either. Um... The presentation in in, Actar- in in Antarctica was fine. The cities look like cities, and they got smashed up and whatnot. So those were fine too. It, it was okay. So from the locations, I'll, I'll give it a six. It, it could have been a lot worse. But the Middle Earth, the Middle Earth, the part of the problem is like the the Hollow Earth thing is just dumb anyway. But the presentation of it was just so mediocre that it wasn't there to wow you. Um, So I I can't really give it great points for that. Okay, so let's move on to the director. The director is Adam Wingard. What have you done, Adam Wingard? Um, A few items that most people wouldn't be super familiar with. VHS. The Guest. Blair Witch, the newer Blair Witch, not the original Blair Witch, the newer Blair Witch. Ooh, VHS 2. So, honestly, from a directing standpoint, not a whole lot that most people would associate with. So this is his, one of his, you know, first chances to do that gigantic, big budget movie. If I'm looking at this right, a lot of his directing credits from like were from like 2014, 2016 in that area. So we had a little bit of a break between his other films to this one. But this was a big step. Like this was a big, big, this was a big, big move. Like to go to some of those other movies to this gigantic, big budget blockbuster action movie. Um, that's a big step. Now what he did in the movie honestly was okay. The, the plot's the biggest thing. And if the plot is what it is, you, you can only get so much out of it. Um, you, you have your actors and you get what you can out of the actors, but there's so many just inconsistency, boring 
question mark things that it's hard to overcome. And as the director, you can only do so much with what you're given, but you can at least elevate what you're given to its max. And I don't think that's what really happened here, but I'll go back to it. The only way, the only reason you want to watch this movie is for the monster fights and the monster fights were just fine. So if he got the monster fights to be the highlight of the movie and they look good and they weren't bad, then I can't complain too much about what he did. Um, so could there's so many reasons why this could be better, but the, the script is, is just about nonsense. So whatever you can do to present your strongest feature the best, you, you got yourself a minor victory. So from a directing standpoint, 20 points possible. Um, I'll give him a 13 out of this one. Okay, now I'll try to go through these notes because I, I wrote them in chronological order because a lot of these things revolve around nitpicking stuff from the movie. And maybe if you've watched it, you can remember some of the pieces in this in in how I'm reading these notes and how they revolve around the plot. The plot's based out of 20 points. And, and honestly, this is one of the dumbest things I've seen in a while. So it's not going to get a lot of points. But if you can follow along briefly with my set of notes here, just to get an idea on what I notice when I'm watching this movie and why I'm, why I'm so critical of this movie because this movie can be fun for a certain, a certain audience for a certain group of people who just want to watch monsters punch each other in the face. You know, I know that if Godzilla is at full power, he's going to destroy Kong, right? Like we have to be real about this, right? He's just going to blast him with fire and he's going to die if, if we're being real about it. Um, Kong's a lot more maneuverable and he's strong, but he, he's no Godzilla. It's like, we know that, right? Every, if you're listening to me and you're a Kong fan, you're like, no, man, Kong's got this and this. Let's take it back a step and let's put it in the world that we're looking at here. Godzilla's going to win this fight easily no matter what. So it was great that they put up a fight they showed kong be all squirrely and put up a good fight and he did okay but we all know that godzilla is gonna win this fight right okay anyway Ooh. first thing that i see on this movie is a loud intro i watch these movies with headphones on so i i feel like you get more of that action you get the sound you get the crashes you get the explosions you get all the good stuff if you can listen to this with headphones on. I'm streaming this movie, obviously. Um, I've got a means to connect it right to the TV so I can have loud explosions in my ear. And the first thing that I get my eardrums blown out by this loud over-the-top intro. And I don't know what the intention was behind it, but like, okay, whatever. Um you're getting all these different character presentations, right? You get the, I mentioned before the quite, I have a note here. This is quite the teen setup for all the TVs and the monitors. And then they give, you know, it's getting into the presentation journey. I have journey to the middle earth presentation is just so cheesy. How all of a sudden did they develop these special vehicles to go to the middle of the earth and how to, 
and they discover that going to the middle of the earth tears you apart from the gravity, but they've developed these machines. Okay, whatever. Dumb. Um, the Kong, I have here, the Kong plan is easily bargained. So this is what I was saying. Like, she is just like, we're not going to move Kong. We're not going to move Kong. Oh, we need to move Kong. It was just like, okay, you gave up real quick. The next thing I got here is, in the quotes, hot chick brag. So, like, when the character comes in, the Isaac Gonzalez character comes in, and she's, you know, I'm this. She's got this cheesy brag because I'm the hot chick character. And it's just, like, it's off-putting because it's such... There's I, I don't get the inclusion of that in the in the in the picture, right? It has no bearing in it. Um <laughs> the next thing I have here is Kong bows to no one. I mean, there's some real bad lines in here, right? Kong bows to no one. Anyway, um they're on the boat and there's trouble on the boat, and then they're out there doing uh sang language to to communicate, I have, oh, sign language, huh? Um, one of the people that I pay attention to on a, a podcast standpoint is, I, I I used to, I don't listen to it as much now as the, the Levitard show, and one of their biggest guests they have on there is Ron McGill. Ron McGill is in the Miami Zoo, right? So my Ron McGill knows a lot about um, real world activities for animals. And I'm sure he's got a lot more familiarity with how, how a gorilla or an ape is going to interact or interact with a human. And he, he mentioned that this movie is just an awful, awful, awful movie. I've got to, I got to think part of that is the presentation of Kong and him doing things like the sign language was just so cheesy. Um, but the fact that she taught the little girl taught him sign language so he could communicate with it all, all of a sudden, you know, he's a real quick learner. This Kong, he's a very, uh, very smart Kong. Yeah, I, I just felt it was, I, I don't know, just thrown in there. There's a lot of things just thrown in there too. Uh, oh, then we get to Barry's cheesy story. So the Barry character is just, annoying anyway but his cheesy story that he presented uh, that gave him a little background about stuff was just really awful um then i have cut the power let's hide in the ship container um yes so much neon on the ships why are there so many neon lights that's my i'm nitpicking anyway um and then i have a lot of um space here because i forgot to write notes but what we're getting here is this whole plot and the battle and they're developing this machine so they could have their own creature to fight uh, Godzilla, right? But they need to have it powered up. So they got to get the power from the hollow earth. I mean, it's just so absurdly stupid. But anyway, when they develop the, you know, you, you get this turn like, it's about the battle, it's about the battle, it's about the, the creatures. Uh, but then there's the guy who's piloting the this Mecha Godzilla. Like, where the hell did Mecha Godzilla came from? Like, that took a turn, huh? Uh, so, why is he in the skull? Maybe I didn't pay attention enough. I just don't understand what is going on and why he's sitting in the skull. And then he gets his brain fried, and then all of a sudden Mecha Godzilla is a 
sentient creature and he's just going to go out and blast things. It just was the dumbest twist or turn in the movie. And then all, and then now because they're best buds, uh, Kong's going to go help Godzilla fight Mecha Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla's beating down Godzilla. But here comes Kong to save the day. It's just, uh, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I have the X, huh? Um, there's just so many things that, like I said, I, I, I didn't get the skull. I did. I missed something in there. there. There's just a lot of things I think I missed when I watched this movie because I just didn't get the whole mishmash. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so I'm rambling on here. Because this movie was so bad, I have all these random notes about the stupid things that were in this movie. Okay, let's just fit it. The plot is 20 points, right? The plot in this movie gets a 2. Because it's so... It's just so awful. I gave um, the latest Rambo movie a 39. Because that movie was just plain awful. That was the worst movie I've seen in a while. But let me tell you, this uh, Godzilla Kong movie, it's pretty bad. Now, let me let me backtrack on this again, I'll, and I'll reiterate on it. I have a big note right across the top here that says monster versus monster action. So if that's what your intention was when you watched this, I felt like you got rewarded for that. When you saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters, you didn't get that monster versus monster action. You got some of it, but it was diluted in awful storytelling. In this one, you got more of the monster on monster action. And that's the only thing that's redeemable about this movie. Um, maybe I'm crazy. And maybe if I watched it again, which I won't watch it again, um, I would get something that would come to light that would, I don't know, make me see things a little bit differently. But if we add up all the numbers, we give this a whopping 55 for the score. I could give bonus points for something, but I don't, I don't know what I would give a bonus point for. There was nothing in this movie that made me, that made me excited or made me happy, or made me like, oh, I enjoyed that little twist, or that throw-in for it. Because I didn't get any of that out of this movie. If I, if you're wondering about whether you should go to the movie theater and watch this movie, and you're apprehensive about going to the movie theater, like, things are starting to open again, maybe I've gotten my vaccination, um, if I go, I can go watch a movie. Man, wait. Go watch the Black Widow movie. If you have HBO Max, you get all you'll need out of it from watching it on HBO Max. I'm glad that the movie theaters are starting to open back up again. I'm glad that this is a big-budget blockbuster movie that people can go chew on some popcorn and sneeze on everybody around them in the movie theater. If, if you want to go and watch a movie... And you want to spend your money on this? I guess more power to you. I just think there'll be better movies for you to kind of get your feet wet by going back to the movie theater again. Um, that would be more enjoyable. Money uh, more well spent. 
than what you would get out of this one. Mortal Kombat's coming up here. Maybe that's the one that you go if you want to get that big budget action movie. Maybe that's the one you go to the theater to watch. But this one, I'm going to tell you to save your bucks, save your time. Uh, go to a go to make your first trip back to the movie theater for something else because there's there's better ways to spend your money and your time uh, than going to watch this one. Um, if you have objections or thoughts on this, please let us know. Uh, this is probably one of the lowest rated, mo- lowest rated movies that I've done, for sure. Um, but it does have some minor redeemable qualities. Um, if you go to our webpage, everybodylovespudding.com, there are some reviews for all of our movies that we have done remove reviews for up that are available. So you could do some comparison. Soon you'll have some capabilities to kind of interact with those scores a little bit more. Ken's been teasing the stuff stuff for quite some time, but he's been working real hard to get some stuff up and running again. Yeah, definitely visit our webpage. Uh, the Instagram page, it's pretty low key, but it's going to be stepping up to the streets real soon here there's more activity on twitter facebook is facebook so just look for us uh at real pudding guys on twitter or at pudding guys on the other social medias uh give us a little shout out a little little info or give us some comments if we throw up hey we rated this or we saw this and you disagree with it cool let's get some feedback going on that but until next time watch the first godzilla from 2014 don't worry about the rest of them save your money go to the movie theater for something else have a good day